The New York Islanders offense has been a problem since January 1st. We break down the numbers and try to suggest some possible solutions to fixing this problem. Plus, we preview both of this weekend's games against Detroit and Vegas. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday or weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a subject you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for instant insight and analysis. It's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time or anytime. So please do uh, feel free to comment and interact. And it's always great to talk a little Islanders hockey with everybody. The month of January, as any Islander fan who's been paying attention to this team can tell you, has just been an absolute disaster for this team. And realistically right now, the Islanders are, you know, just two wins in 14 games in the month of January. And in the first 13 games, they scored 24 goals, added one more last night. They have scored more than two goals just twice over that stretch and haven't done it since January 16th in a loss to the Capitals. Realistically speaking, that is not the way to get it done uh, as far as trying to win hockey and and. 
we'll go back to something Lou Lamorello said in his press conference on Wednesday. He said, your goal scorers have to score. And during this drought, our goal scorers were not scoring. That's the key. When we spoke last, our goal scorers were scoring. There's no apologies or excuses for them. These things happen. Unfortunately, all of them got into a little bit of a drought at the same time. Okay, Lou, there is some truth to that, as in, yes, all of the goal scorers on this team did get into a slump at the same time, but how long is that list? Who on this Islanders team can be considered a bona fide, even 25 goal a year scorer? To me, the, the list is very short. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. Matthew Barzal might get you 20. Right now he's on pace for about, what, 18, 19 over the course of a whole season. Noah Dobson, if he somehow stays healthy, might get you close to 20. But nobody else on this team, on this roster, the way it's presently constituted, is really a guaranteed 20-goal guy, let alone 25, let alone 30. I mean, Nelson and Lee have the ability to give you 30. But who else? Zach Parise? little bit past his prime. He might get you to 20, but, you know, not not a 25-30 goal guy. J.G. Pajot, more like a 15 to 20 goal a year player. Anthony Bevilier, 15 to 20. Josh Bailey, his 20 goal seasons, well, no, he's never done that. Oliver Wallstrom, if he's healthy a whole year, might get to 20. Still hasn't accomplished that. Sezikis, Martin, Clutterbuck, no, no, no. Good players, not their role to get the goals. Kyle Palmieri, well, if you sort of prorate him, he might get you to 20. Barely, won't get you to 25 or 30 at this stage in his career. And you got to also understand when you're taking things into consideration that Injured injuries for players who are on the wrong side of 30, well, they're going to be a little bit more frequent and take a little bit more time to recover from when you look at, you know, the typical season for players of that age. So, look, Zach Parise at one point in his career was a bonafide 30-goal guy. Not anymore. Just the fact, and... You know, Parise misses less time than a lot of the other guys on this roster and on this list. So, I, I, I think that quote in particular by Lou Lamorello emphasizes the fact that he overestimated the offensive capability of this roster. And I think that that's part of the problem, that even when everybody on this team is healthy and everybody on this team is playing offensively to their capacity, they still aren't uh, going to score a lot of goals. And when you combine that 
talent, uh, lack of talent, with the fact that Lane Lambert's system encourages the defensemen to pinch and take chances and join the rush on a calculated basis, that hurts the defense a little bit. And when you don't have the offensive horses to make up for it, well, that is not a recipe for winning. Under Barry Trotz, the Islanders won 2-1, to 3-2, to because their defense and goaltending were so strong and that everyone on the team back-checked and forechecked and played positionally sound defense, picked up their guys in the neutral zone. But if one guy doesn't do it on any given play, you're in trouble because there's a defensive breakdown. And realistically, the goalies, I mean, I give so much credit to Semyon Varlamov and obviously Ilya Sorokin. Why? Because their margin for error right now is next to none. They know they're going to face 35 shots, give or take, per game. And that if they let in three of those, they're probably going to lose. There is very little margin for error. You cannot give up a soft goal. The pressure that Sorokin and Varlamov have got to be feeling right now has got to be absolutely overwhelming. And I think mentally, when that goes on for 10, 20 games or more, that takes a toll on these players and mentally and physically it's difficult to bounce back when you have that kind of pressure on you for that long so hopefully now the islanders will do something about it we've got more to discuss with regard to the islanders recent offensive slump we'll talk about how bad the power play has been and what's been going on in the third period, because all of this has been a major reason for concern. We've got that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. It's all on the nap that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, hockey fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So the Islanders' woes go beyond just the overall goal scoring. The last time the Islanders scored a goal in the third period of a hockey game. The third period of a hockey game, which, by the way, is roughly 33% of your schedule, is January 3rd in Vancouver. 
Now, I don't have to tell you that that is a long time ago when you're playing three or four games a night. And since then, they've played 11 games without getting a single goal in the third period. Now, in early in the season, the Islanders were one of the best third period teams in the league. They were scoring and doing exceptionally well. In fact, the Islanders were plus 16 in the third period over the first 23 games of the season. Now, where are they? They're down to plus one. Plus one. They are now minus 15 in the third period over their last 26 games. And in that 11-game scoreless streak, outscored in the third period since January 3rd, 12 to nothing. That tells us two things. First of all, it tells us that defensively, the team is still holding up okay. When you've given up 12 goals in 11 third periods, that's not not awful. I mean, you know, you do that, on average, you're giving up three goals a game. The problem is they're not scoring. And is it a conditioning thing? Is this team not practicing hard enough, not in shape? I don't think that's the issue. But, you know, part of me would love to see uh, Lane Lambert go out there and have a practice or two with this team like the movie Miracle, where, you know, they're talking about the 1980 Olympic team and Herb Brooks, uh, you know, is blowing that whistle and just saying, again, and they're skating back and forth from blue line to blue line. Again, again, again. Because this team, they need to be in shape and ready to play in third periods. There is no way around it. You can't go 11 straight games without a goal in the third period and expect to win many hockey games. And, you know, overall, when you get Going the way the Islanders have been were early in the season, you, you know, it's very, very hard to win games when you're 0 for 11 games with goals in the third period. Third period, very often, is where games are won and lost. And when you go back over those 11 games and you add in that for like five or six of them, the Islanders were missing in action for the first period or the second period. When you don't score in the third, well, I think the answer is obvious. Then let's turn our attention to the power play. How bad has the power play been? John McClain is the assistant coach in charge of the power play. Over the last 22 games, three for their last 59. Three for their last 59. Over the last 11 games, one for 27 on the power play. 3.7%. Three for 59 is a little lower than, or a little higher than what, 5%? Now again, when you're an offensively challenged team, like the Islanders are right now, your power play has to make up for 
the fact that you struggle to score five on five. Your power play is when you have a little bit more time and a little bit more space to operate. And yet, whatever this team is doing, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, during games, I have often pointed out when an opposing power play is doing things well. Uh, talked about that with Carolina. Even talked about that uh, with, certainly with Toronto. And, you know, when you see teams moving the puck well, passing the puck well, uh, moving without the puck to set up cross-ice passes, tiring out the penalty killers, getting a man open for a quality scoring chance. The Islanders rarely do any of that. Their zone entries, inconsistent and uneven. They don't seem to progress toward shots, and when they do, it seems like they let the, the perfect get in the way of the good. They're so busy trying to make the perfect pass to set up the ideal scoring chance that very often they ignore good scoring chances because they think they can create a perfect one with one or two more passes. Whatever John McClain is doing, it's not working particularly well. And what the Islanders need to do is watch some of the better power plays in the league. And that includes teams like Toronto. That even, quite honestly, I mean, look, the Islanders just played the Ottawa Senators, who are below the Islanders still barely, but below them in the standings. Ottawa is not a great offensive team. But they were, what, fourth in the league on the power play? And the Senators' power play was the difference in a 2-1 to win over the Islanders Wednesday night. Because one goal out of their two came on the power play and one came 10 seconds after a power play expired. And we knew that, you know, the Islanders hadn't cleared the zone yet. So it wasn't a power play goal, but it was set up by and a result of what they did on the power play. So, you got to watch the teams. You got plenty of game film and see what teams do that have successful power plays. Even if they don't have, you know, a lot of snipers, set it up. Because even players like Parise and Bevilier and Palmieri, guys who are not elite scorers by any stretch of the imagination, but they are capable of scoring, in theory, with a little more time and space. You, when you get Anders Lee in front of the goal, when you get Brock Nelson down at the circles, when you get, uh, you know, Matthew Barzal skating around with the puck, things should open up. And this team needs to just reconfigure their power play in order to figure out how to make opportunities happen. Because right now... The power play, which was at one point ranked in the top 10 in the league, it's fallen all the way down to 30th. There's only two teams below them. And again, when you're an offensively challenged team, you need to do better. We have got more to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll preview both of this weekend's games against Detroit and Vegas 
and have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now to preview this weekend's games. Two games, Friday and Saturday, both at the UBS Arena. (coughs) Excuse me. The Friday game is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start, Saturday, 7.30. So please do make note of the time difference. And look, the Detroit Red Wings, not an easy team to face. They are right there with the Islanders as far as points. Detroit, they've only played 46 games right now, whereas uh, the Islanders have played a lot more. At, uh, at Excuse me, the Islanders right now have played 50. So Detroit has played four fewer games than the New York Islanders, and yet they are right now a mere three points behind the Isles in the standings. Detroit not outstanding in any one phase of the game. They're 23rd in the league in goals, 18th in goals against. Their power play is 20th with a 20.3% success rate. Their penalty kill is 21st. They do do a good job of staying out of the penalty box. Only one team has fewer penalty minutes than the Red Wings, although, again, having played fewer games helps. And their shooting percentage is 11th in the league, which helps. But overall, this is not a team that is uh, outstanding in any one phase of the game, and yet... They are still doing well. They've won two out of their last three, and they're still in a sort of rebuilding phase. Their last game, a one, uh, they are playing back-to-back, by the way. They're in Montreal on Thursday night, going up against the Canadiens, and then they'll head down to face the Islanders. So the Islanders at least have that little bit of rest. Now, Billy Huso is in goal uh, against... Montreal, so we'll see whether or not they go with one of their backups or Huso gets the call in back-to-back games. Huso, a three goals against average and a 9.02 save percentage, 16-11-5, but, uh, you know, the backups struggle a little bit more right now. Magnus Helberg is the primary backup. He is five, excuse me, two, three, and one in Five starts right now, a 281 goals against and an 889 save percentage. Some familiar names here Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond tied for the team lead in goals. Dominic uh, Kubalik and David Perron close behind with 14 each. Larkin leads the team in assists with 27 and in points with 42, and 13 of his 42 points have come on the power play. Philip Ronick also. Uh, a very good power play player. He has 10 assists with the extra attacker. You look at the line combinations for Detroit. Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Lucas Raymond make up the top line. Andrew Kopp centers Michael Rasmussen and David Perron on the second unit. Joe Valeno is the center. Jonathan uh, Berggren and Robbie Fabry are the wings on the third line. And then it's Pia Suter with Dominic Kubelik and Oscar Sundqvist on either side of him on the fourth line. Jake Wallman and Moritz Seider are the top pair on defense. 
Ben Sherat and Philip Ronick, the second pair, Ali Mata and Jordan Osterley, are the third pair. Right now, Philip Zadina, Matt Luff, and Mark Pissick are all on IR. So Detroit, uh, a team the Islanders need to beat, especially when you consider where they are in the standings, because if the Islanders lose, the, the Red Wings jump ahead. Now Vegas is going to be a bigger challenge. Vegas slumping a little bit as of late. They will face the Islanders Saturday. Uh, They are going to face the Rangers Friday, so both teams on Saturday will be involved in a back-to-back. And right now, you know, Vegas going through a little bit of a rough patch. They've lost four of their last five so we shall see how that plays out. And again, we don't know who's going to be their goaltender Friday night. But rest assured, the other goalie will get most likely the call on Saturday against the Islanders. It's either Logan Thompson. He basically starts two out of every three games. Aiden Hill gets the start every third game, roughly. And yet, both of them have identical 2.71 goals against averages. Logan Thompson, a slightly better save percentage goals for and goals against well Vegas is right now in the middle of the pack 14th in both categories their power play is ranked 11th that's a little more dangerous the penalty kill middle of the pack at 17th and by the way that one team that takes fewer penalties than Detroit it's the Vegas Golden Knights right now Mark Stone has 17 goals Riley Smith 18 those are their top two scorers Chandler Stevenson has 32 assists to pace the team and leads them with 43 points. Jack Eichel, 34 points in 36 games, 15 of those goals. We look at the line combinations. Eichel, Nicholas Roy, and Paul Cotter, the top trio. William Carlson centering Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault as the second line. Chandler Stevenson and Mike Amadeo. And Phil Kessel make up the third line, and Byron Froze, Brett Howden, and Keegan Kolasar are the fourth unit. Meanwhile, on defense, Alex Martinez and Alex Pietrangelo are the top pair. You have Braden McNabb and Caden Korzak as the second duo, and then Nicholas Haig and Ben Hutton are third. The goaltenders, Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Ex-Islander Robin Lehner on IR, out for the season. Mark Stone right now is listed as out. We don't know if he'll be back in time for Saturday. You have Zach Whitecloud, Nolan Patrick, Shea Theodore, all on IR, and then Will Carrier listed as day-to-day. Quickly, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Hector Marini. Marini will turn 66 today. The Timmins, Ontario native, a third-round pick of the Isles in 77, made his debut in 78-79 for one game and was with the Islanders through the 80-81 and 81-82 season. So he did indeed uh, manage to win one Stanley Cup with the New York Islanders, then later went on to play for the New Jersey Devils, Only played 154 career NHL games, 27 goals, 73 points, 246 penalty minutes. In 1980-81, he had nine points in nine playoff games for the Islanders, so he definitely contributed to that Stanley Cup win. We wish Hector Marini a very happy 
66th birthday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the two games. And, of course, let's go Islanders.